And so I either had to quit on my goals or had to quit on my mm -hmm. job. And I decided to quit on my job and not quit on my goals because I, I believe like I, I, I wanted them more. Life. So it's essential for us to be able to define our definition of success, what our needs, wants, and desires are in terms of creating and cultivating that success, and then seeking that environment so that it becomes easier for us to create this internal idea and concept of ourselves in this space, in our career, and then externally, it's much easier for us to create that. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. And I know this sounds super crazy, but today we're going to teach you how to quit your job. I know you're probably like, God, what the heck are you doing, Daniel? Where are we going? I'm here to learn how to get a job. Why are you teaching me how to quit a job? And I think sometimes we need to quit things to start better things. And so that's what this episode is all about. How do we quit so that we can start a better, more powerful, empowering, motivating, making more money career. And to do that, I have an amazing guest who is the queen of quitting herself. Uh, I have Dr. Jasmine Escalera. She's a career coach and confidence coach. Um, and I was we were, we were talking about, she says she's a serial quitter, that she's quit anything. Uh, she's quit a lot of things in her life. And that's kind of like what we, we, we started talking about. Like She's like, she's quit jobs. She's quit her hometown. And so it prompts us to say, you know what? What an amazing topic because the reality is, we all quit things and whether you consider yourself a quitter or not, whether you embrace the title or not, like uh, Jasmine does, we all do it, right? Because even when you say yes to something, you're also saying no to other things. And so why not learn how to quit? Because it's going to happen. And so why as well do it right? So Jasmine, yeah. welcome. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing so good. And I freaking love how pumped you are. <laughs> Like I should have drank some caffeine before this. It's so good. Oh, so you have your. Oh, okay, I'm getting so it. I'm getting it. But I was more pumped about the the topic because, like, I I think either this is close to the 300th episode or it's probably 300 and and in a little bit. I've never talked about quitting, and so if. Yeah. I'll, I, it's my favorite topic. Well, let's talk to why. <laughs> why is it your favorite topic, Jasmine? It's my favorite topic because I grew up in a culture and in a household where I was never taught to quit. I was always taught to be strong, to be resilient, to stick in things. And when it came to my career, I was taught to really create this foundation of success, meaning having a job getting good money, having a 401k, having health insurance, and that when you acquire that, you've basically created the epitome of success, coming from a Latin culture, coming from the projects, like you hit the jackpot. And to ever even consider quitting something like that held a lot of weight in terms of you being ungrateful or you not being happy with the success that you have, even though your entire family never was going to ever be able to make as much money as you. So there was just a lot of weight and pressure put on even the concept of quitting that I never thought it was a possibility for me, especially when it came to my career. Love it. Um, 
how did this, you know, I'm assuming you have to have quit a bunch of stuff to get to where you are now, right? And that's kind of why you were saying you're a serial quitter. But um, tell us a little bit more about you and, 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 you know, as a career coach, as a confidence coach, how does that play with the topic of quitting? Yeah, so for me, um, quitting really became a thing when I and when I figured out I was in a very toxic work environment. I was in a very toxic career path. So being a Latina, I was in STEM, and I don't want to date myself, but I was in STEM during a time where there weren't even very many women, let alone women who look like me. And so it was a really challenging career path, and there was almost this egotistical nature to the career path where you have these very successful white men who are dominating this field in this area and not allowing for women, especially women of color, people of color, people from marginalized communities to really obtain that level of success. So I really felt like there was almost kind of like the stiff hand there. No one was allowing me to progress. I didn't have the mentorship. I didn't have the guidance. And when I finally realized that I had chosen this path, which I loved and enjoyed, but it was a very toxic culture, that's when I started to realize the impact that that culture was having on me and the impact to my confidence and realizing then something had to change. But in order for something to change, I had to learn how to become a quitter. I had to learn to be confident enough to say, this doesn't serve me. There's something better out there and I have to release this and let this go. And there was a lot that came into that, into really feeling like if I quit this, it doesn't mean anything negative about me. I can find something better. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And what you were talking, I actually like got my second screen and I searched what percentage of workers are not happy or satisfied with their job. And the number is really high. I already knew the number was high, but I didn't want to just make up a number. So I used good old Google yeah. to kind of give us the answer. And I found that 60% of, uh, so in 2002, 60% of people reported being emotionally detached at work and 19% reported being miserable. So odds are, if you're listening to this, you're not happy at work. So how do I quit? Because like, here's, as I think about that, like son, say, saying I'm going to quit my job sounds really cool. And as I, as I reflect back at my corporate career, um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I always, even though I, Every time I was wanting to quit, I felt like the golden handcuffs got tighter and tighter for me because what happens is like, and, and, and this is, so there's multiple reasons to quit, but I'm kind of sharing a little bit of my story, right? Like I graduated college and I instantly got a job or I instantly graduated and I had a job with PepsiCo and I was making around $60,000 a year back in 2012. And that was a lot of money for me. That was like life changing money because I grew up with my mom making less than $25,000 a year. She was making $2,000 a month. And so to instantly be making double more than my mom as soon as I graduated college was really weird for me. And what happened is that, you know, luckily I made some good financial decisions. I bought a house a year after I saved down for a down payment and really good because buying a house in 2009 and still living in it now where the office is being held has been great, right? But in a sense, I also increased my expenses and that made it harder and harder for me to leave or quit because my, my, my lifestyle was, I can see a correlation of my lifestyle increasing. Uh, my income was, and my expenses will, will increase very similarly. You know, as I would get promoted, as I would make more money, 
Um, and so it made it very difficult. And when I finally made the brave decision to, to, to quit, and I didn't quit because I didn't like PepsiCo. In fact, I love PepsiCo and I enjoyed my career. I quit because I had massive goals and I knew that I wasn't going to hit those goals at PepsiCo. And so I either had to quit on my goals or had to quit on my job. And I decided to quit on my job and not quit on my goals because I, I believe like I, 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 I wanted them more. Right. And luckily I had, uh, I did things to get there. Right. Like I had, it wasn't like I quit overnight. Um, but I also can understand that not everyone is in my situation to have the luxury, to have savings stayed up, to have a really healthy 401k, to have a very supporting spouse that also had a really good job that knowing that worst, worst case scenario, we can live off her income, right? We don't have kids. We don't have it. We could, we could really minimize that. So my question to you is this. I'm one of those 19% of people who are just miserable at my job. How do I quit knowing that I just don't like that? I don't have a plan B or like, how do I quit? Like I'm stuck. I feel stuck. I hate my manager. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's so much there. So the first thing that I want to say is, you know, when you consider quitting, right? It's not about quitting tomorrow. And that's a lot, that's like a, a, something that I want to make sure that the listeners understand here is how do you set yourself up for that moment where you can feel so good throwing up the deuces because you are quitting, right? So there is a strategy to quitting. That doesn't mean that you just have to throw up the deuces today, blow a bomb, throw a bomb in your life and then try to figure it out. I mean, that's what I decided to do, <laughs> but I enjoy throwing bombs in my life. But, you know, there is a strategy to the quitting. And the first component of the strategy is to really overcome the mindset that is going to keep you shackled to the company that you're at. It's so great that you gave your example, because what I heard was, I saw the benefit to my transitioning and to myself quitting this job. And that's truly what you have to do. When we think about quitting, there's a lot of fear that enters into the system, that enters into our body and our mind. If I quit, that is going to impact potentially, you know, the opportunities that I get or the money that I'm going to make, or I'm going to have to step into this job search now, right? Which we all know the market is really flooded in this moment. So you have to basically overcome the fear by building the, the sense of possibility and hope there's more out there for me. And so that's really the first art of quitting is to build the mindset of being a quitter and knowing that you will be successful, that there are opportunities out there to step out of the scarcity mindset and into the abundance and possibility. But then it's really about thinking can I quit my job right now? You had the opportunity to have some savings and some things that you had lined up. But if you don't have that, really creating that strategy and that exit plan, right? And I love to do even some like visualization exercises with my clients when they're considering quitting. I love to have them write their resignation letter, the real resignation letter that they're going, but one that they would really want to write, not like the BS one of I resign. No, like write it out, you know, visualize yourself like leaving this opportunity. And then to really think about the exit plan and strategy so that you do have the capability to quit on your terms, because this is really, truly all about you. So it's about building the mindset of quitting, stepping out of the fear and the scarcity, knowing that there are better opportunities for you and more exist, having that sense of possibility and hope. 
and then really creating your exit strategy, your quitting strategy, which doesn't have to be I'm leaving today. And I think a lot of individuals get that confused. It's like, oh, I'm quitting. I'm just going to quit tomorrow. It's not what you have to do, but you have to leave. Yeah. So it's interesting. A couple of things that I'm kind of like thinking there. It's like a couple of things. Like you know, as I think through my my career, and I, and I think about the, the conversations I had with really close friends that have come to me for career advice, more not so much as clients, but more of like you know people around my age who've graduated around the same time I did, who've been you know I would say more mid career, senior career type of individuals, and they say, hey, you know, I just want to quit. Like I'm just not happy. A lot of times I see that it comes down to their boss. They have a really bad manager that's making their life miserable, their life miserable at work, which you spend more time at work than you spend with your family that then translate into you being miserable in a bad mood with your, with your significant other, with your kids, with your family, with your friends and starts affecting that your life outside of work. So then you're like, you know what? The solution is to quit. And so I think to me, like, I think it's, and I say all this to say, it's like, I think would it make sense first to understand what's causing you to want to quit and say, is that, and understand that like, and have that internal locus of control to say, I can control this. So sure. You might say, well, Daniel, like the manager is the issue. It's not, I'm not the issue. It's the manager's the issue, but there's also ways. Can I learn to manage my manager? Right. Can I set boundaries for my micromanager manager who's calling me on the weekends? Right. Can I have those conversations? Can I move to a different department, right? I don't have to quit the company sometimes, right? I could just quit the manager. I can quit the role. I can move to a different team. And then secondly, from there, it's like, okay, if I made a decision to quit, where do I want to be? How do I ensure that I don't fall into the mistake of thinking like, hey, the grass is greener on the other side. I jumped the fence and realized there that the, it's the desert, right? And it's actually in a worse role. So like, how do you suggest thinking about this? So do you suggest just quitting on impulse or can we talk a little bit more about, is there a strategy, a system yeah. that I should be thinking about before yeah. making those decisions? Yeah. So I want to tackle the first thing you mentioned and I'll tackle the second. So in terms of the first thing, it's, it's almost kind of like, am I at my wits end? Like, or is there really anything that I can do here to create change? And that's one of the first questions I always ask my, my clients, right? Because as humans, right, having these very difficult conversations with your manager, with your company about feeling valued, about feeling undermined, um, meeting boundaries and setting boundaries, those are hard conversations for us as humans to have, right? So oftentimes what I've recognized and what I've seen this can happen is that people are having these internal feelings and conflicts but they're not expressing them externally, mm. right? So I don't like my boss because they micromanage me or I feel like my company doesn't value me, but then you're not communicating those needs externally. And so you can get triggered to want to leave the situation or quit, but that's how you get into the cycle, right? Because nothing's actually changed. Like you haven't changed the fact that you don't have any boundaries. You haven't changed the fact that you can have these conversations and advocate for yourself. So yes, one of the key things to really think about is, have I advocated for myself? Have I talked to people about what I need and desire in my career to be successful? Have I had these conversations? There is a caveat to that though. If you feel like you have and it's still not changing, then of course you have to change your environment. 
But if you feel as though your environment, which was the case with me, is so incredibly toxic and you have tried and nothing's changed, then it's just building that awareness that nothing truly is going to change, right? So I'm a strong advocate for it's you. You have to build the systems to be successful in your career. And that means understanding your needs, wants, and desires and communing, communicating those to the external world. But I also am a firm believer in that the fact that if the external world is not going to accommodate that, then there's nothing you can do there, right? You are stalled. You are not going to be able to achieve the things that you want. And then in terms of your second part of the equation here, and the question is, yes, I work with all of my clients to understand what is it that you need as a professional of color and as a woman of color to be successful in your career and to thrive? And I don't mean just money and professional growth opportunities. When I define a toxic workplace, I define it as a space in which you cannot come as your truest, authentic self and show up as you every single day. And that is at the core and essence here. If we cannot show up in this space or show up in this aspect of our lives as the most purest, authentic version of ourselves, expressing our needs, wants, and desires, it's not going to work. So we get to the core of what that is. What do you need to feel as though you can be successful here? And that's essential for any even job seeker, right? So we have this concept of, there's this really old saying of like, you work a great job, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And although I believe that, I think that's only 50% of the equation. The other 50% of the equation is you have to be in the right environment to be able to cultivate your definition of success. You have to be in the right space where you can be successful. It's not just about the job. You can love what you do, but it doesn't provide you the opportunities you need to cultivate your level of success, like you were talking about in terms of your story. So it's essential for us to be able to define our definition of success, what our needs, wants, and desires are in terms of creating and cultivating that success, and then seeking that environment so that it becomes easier for us to create this internal idea and concept of ourselves in this space in our career and then externally it's much easier for us to create that yeah no i love it i love it everything you're sharing is so amazing um another thing i was thinking about right is understanding like to quit i need to i have so we talk about having another game plan after right but I think about any time when you're negotiating and whether you're quitting or not, it's like when you're making a decision, it's like the person with the most options has more leverage and the person generally with more leverage generally uh, can dictate what the outcome better. Right. And so when I think about, about it, how important is it to have options before you quit? How important is it to have a savings account so that you can be, so you're not held to this fin financially, like you can feel secure. Like what are some of the things that you would, that we should consider before making that quitting of a job that we should consider in terms of like things like should should we have already have a job lined up should we have three to six months on our bank account I, i'm just giving i'm just shooting ideas I, i'm not really sure right yeah so here's the thing that i want to express about that because it kind of goes back to our conversation so when you do not have a firm when you don't have a firm foundation right in any area of your life it is very difficult 
to see possibility. It is very difficult to be able to really understand what's possible for you. So I say this to my clients all the time who are in toxic work environments is you can't even envision the best possible version of your career because you are consistently triggered around just even being in the environment. So how this ties back to what you're saying is if you quit and you don't have or you haven't thought about that level of safety, whatever safety means to you, right? Safety can be three months, safety can be six months, safety can be I have a partner who can support me for a while. Whatever that safety is, I have another opportunity or job. If you don't consider what that level of safety is, you're stepping from one triggered environment into another. And it is very difficult to undergo a job search and find and obtain the right opportunities for you when you are triggered. Because when you are triggered and you don't have that foundation, you step into potentially desperation. You step into potentially this feeling of scarcity. There's not enough. There's not enough opportunities coming to me. So you have to have a foundation. I don't think that that needs to be a job. It just needs to be whatever you define safety as for a period of time for you to be able to step into that job search and be able to do it from the space of abundance, right? There's so many different opportunities out there from the right mindset or else you could potentially just go from triggered to triggered and now you're triggering yourself so deeply that you may accept an opportunity that isn't even the right opportunity for you. So if I understand this correctly, like I just kind of want to summarize this point. Um, it's, it's not about having three to six months or having a job lined up or having this, a significant other that can support you or having a side hustle that can replace your income. It could be any of those. And the reality is more about understanding that it's about what's your safety? What safety do you require to be able to make this bold move? Exactly. 110%. You know, any safety can mean anything yeah. to, to you, right? Mm -hmm. it, it can really truly be anything. And I, and I, that's why I don't, I don't like to put like parameters on it yeah. because then someone might say, well, I don't have six months, so there's no opportunity for me. Yeah. Get creative here, right? Who, and one of the things that I have struggled with even now to this day is accepting help, is accepting support. So who in your safety net also can be a part of that safety factor and that foundation if you really need it. So open yourself up to possibility because it truly does exist. Yeah, no, I think it, that's so right because like, sure, maybe you figure it out, you create a safety in a financial sense, maybe you have a safety plan, but it also you might wanna create safety on the emotional side, on you know, on your mindset. Right. And maybe we forget about Yeah. That. Because I could tell you this actually, it's really, I can relate to the story, like in this example, in a sense of like, I quit my job at PepsiCo. And even though I might have a game plan on how financially I was going to be able to survive, right? Um, with my savings, my wife's support, um, and me being able to build a business, the reality is that it took me a lot longer to generate income. And I, in fact, I say this a lot, like for the first two and a half to three years, a hundred percent of all my career coaching clients made more money than I did. Cause I, I wasn't, I didn't have, a, I was a good career coach. I was a terrible business owner. Right. And so um, <laughs> I can, I can resonate. Right? And so, even though I felt like, okay, I, I had a house. I it never lacked anything. My wife was doing it. Emotionally, it took a toll on me. And I don't know, right? Like maybe hate me or wrong. I, I'm 
from my the way I was growing up, the Hispanic culture, maybe the way that society is like. In a sense, it kind of bothered me that for three years my wife was making more money than me, that she was being the breadwinner, and that if, I think not only like that was part of why I dealt with a lot of anxiety, and so that in a sense motivated me to like I need to work on my business more. I need to I need to make this business successful. But in the other sense, I brought anxiety and support. And by the way, my wife is an angel. She never made me feel uncomfortable about it. Like she was awesome. She was, she's been my number one cheerleader and supporter. And I would consider her investor. And that's why I always say like this business is 50-50. Like, you know? <laughs> she has a percentage? Oh yeah, straight up on the contract. I, 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 I because not, she funded it in a sense, right? Like, and emotionally yeah. and, and financially. Uh, so this is proof if we ever, for some reason, don't work there, there's, to the lawyers there you go uh, but, um, <laughs> all jokes aside like i went through like a lot of anxiety and depression for the first couple of years of, of, of running the business because i was a bad business person um a good career coach and so i share that because like i i planned out and i thought of everything but yeah. how would it affect my mental health yeah and sometimes you know it's so interesting because i love that you shared this because sometimes, okay, so I'm a firm believer in that when you step outside of your comfort zone, you are in essence being called to focus on specific areas of your life that you need to focus on to be able to heal or take yourself to the next level or grow. So it's so beautiful that you shared that because you're never gonna know all the things you need to have in place in order to make any kind of quantum leap. Like you're never gonna know all the things, right? I think financials is really important. Knowing that you're gonna be covered foundationally from a financial perspective is important because that's just one of our biggest triggers as humans, right? That triggers safety, that triggers security, that triggers like the feeling of, can I really exist and live, right? So that's something that I always tell people to really have on point. But then I always tell them to expect the discomfort, right? Expect that there are going to be components of this that are not going to be comfortable. One of the biggest challenges so many of my clients have is an identity crisis. Like when they don't have a job, if they quit without having one lined up or if they're fired or let go, you know, laid off, is this concept of identity because we tie so much of mm -hmm. ourselves to this aspect of our lives. Like, I have to be successful in this in order for me to be deemed a success. So there are going to be so many identity shifts, so many mindset shifts, so many emotional shifts that are going to happen that are going to be so beautiful and make you an even better human, but you just have to be open to accepting them. So if you're going to go through this, I always tell people financials is number one for me because that's a huge trigger. Yeah. Once you have that down, open yourself up to the fact that so much growth so much change, so much discomfort is going to happen. But in order for true creation to happen, you have to destroy the building, right? You have to blow it up in order to rebuild. And so sometimes that process in itself can be the most transformative thing you can take yourself through. Wow. Yeah. So true. Because if you keep, even if you keep part of the building, you're limited by the walls that you keep. And so you, you're, yeah. you're limited by the foundation yeah. too. You yeah. know, you're limited by a lot. So you know, people ask me this because I quit a job. I quit two jobs in the same year because I was in that cycle of toxicity, right? 
And I quit my second job and I didn't have anything lined up. And I wasn't a career coach at the time. I had a leadership position. So I knew a lot about how to get a job. I was a hiring manager myself. Um, and I quit two jobs in the same year. Second one, nothing lined up. I started, I have my PhD from Yale. I started driving Uber Eats. You know, I was an Uber Eats driver with my dog in the back seat. And that's what I was doing for money at one point because we hit the pandemic, everything shut down. And I could have never envisioned that that was what was going to happen, but that's what happened. And so, you know, I was just open to whatever life lesson was going to happen. And I attribute my business success to being an Uber Eats driver. Because when I was driving Uber Eats for hours a day, I was listening to every single podcast I could pro possibly listen to. I was listening to every piece of audio about how to build the business, how to market a business, how to be successful on social media. I was listening to Oprah Super Soul Sessions to just be able to get some concepts about mindset. Like I was doing everything to immerse myself into this next phase that I wanted to take myself through. And, um, you know, you just have to be open to the possibilities and expect that it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's where the magic truly happens. Love it. This is awesome. Like, I think whether, like, whether you are, you know, actively looking to quit or maybe never crossed your mind, I think even this conversation just, it's very, very helpful just to, to start thinking of like, what would it take to do this in a good way, to do it in a, in a way that's going to set you up for success and not just quit and, and uh, quit just because you, you just, I can't enough. I, I had enough. But anyway, so Jasmine, um, this has been great. If I am listening to this and um, I would love and want to learn more about you, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do, uh, what services you provide, how can we get a hold of you um, and everything else yeah. you want to share with us? Yeah, so I am a career and confidence coach. I work with women of color, professionals of color. And I help them identify truly what career success means to them and go out there and find it. So whether it be changing jobs, finding new employment, or even up-leveling in their current career, my jam is that I love community group, community and group programs because of the aspect of not just getting coached by me as the expert, mm -hmm. but also peer mentorship as well. The ability to network internally with a group of professionals that understand you understand what you're going through. So I have various different group coaching programs and communities for whether you want to get your next job or up level in your career. And they're called the Empowered Hire and the Professional Quitters. Um, so you can reach me on the LinkedIn streets. I am on LinkedIn every day, all day. So you can hit me up, follow me, DM me. I'm always excited to make new connections and to just explore your level up together. Jasmine, I will put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. Uh, guys, encourage you to just follow her. She is awesome. Uh, she's a LinkedIn top voice, TEDx speaker. She's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, obviously, as you can see here, she just so much confidence. She's so knowledgeable. And so I want to make sure that you guys, um, if you're listening, you can relate and you, you like, you know, I can really use someone like Jasmine's help. Uh, just message, just follow her content. I think you, you're going to see why she's so awesome. Um, if you're listening to this, look, thank you so much. Look, if here's the thing, we don't run ads here. Uh, this is podcast absolutely free. Um, so here's how you can return the favor. If you're listening to this and you are, maybe you're, you're happy at your job, but you know, someone that's quit. Maybe a friend of you has come to you and say, Hey, look, um, I'm not happy. What should I do next? What did I, um, 
have them share this episode and share Jasmine's profile. Um, if you're looking for a job and even though you might not be an international student, which is who I work with, uh, we also have a form that you can fill out so that you can, we can connect you with the right coach. Uh, I have interviewed and gotten the pleasure of meeting hundreds of amazing uh, career coaches, professionals. And so what we try to do is match you guys, be like a career coach matcher. Um, I know for a fact, I'll be honest, I, I can't help someone who's looking to quit their job. If that's you, I would just refer them to, to Jasmine, right? And so um, <laughs> what that's what we were trying to do. So if you want, there's a Google form here that you can fill out uh, where we ask you a couple of information so we can put you in connected with the right uh, career coach for you. I, I think for me, if you're listening to this, look, it's, it's very serious. Some of the biggest decisions in our lives that we make, we use a professional. You're planning for retirement, use a financial advisor. You're buying your first, you're buying a home, not even your first, your second, your third. You Odds are you're using a real estate agent. But you're not going to be able to retire. You're not going to be able to buy a house if you uh, don't have your career in check, right? And your career is going to determine the house and the retirement. And so I would highly suggest working with a career coach. And it doesn't need to be me because odds are I can't even help you because you're not an international STEM student. But odds are also that there's an amazing career coach out there. So whether you fill the form or you find one on LinkedIn, my suggestion to you is to talk to at least three of them see which one can solve your problem the best, but work with someone. Um, because I do think that's one of the best investments you can make. Uh, most career coaches are a fraction of the upside that you can get by landing not only a job that will pay you more, but it's fulfilling and ultimately makes you happy. Because if you enjoy your job, that's going to translate to your house. So again, I know that was really long-winded advertisement for a career coach. But I hope you guys see where I'm coming from. So again, if you like this show, like, subscribe, share it with a friend. You guys are awesome. Jasmine, you're awesome. And thank you guys all for listening and catch you guys on the next episode.